Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Pat Sweeney. Pat, are you ready to do this? Yes, I am. Excellent. Let's do this. Pat is the co-founder and principal of Symmetry Partners, an organization that designs and manages sophisticated portfolios built on logic, empirical evidence, and highly respected academic research. I'm excited to have you on. Pat, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Huh, okay. Well, let's see how brief <laughs> I can do this. Um, I'm 57 years old. I got in this business back in 1983. Uh, so going on uh, 35 years in the industry nice. and uh, uh, I was a commodity trader at a major Wall Street firm for several years in New York City uh, down in the pits for your listeners who remember the movie Trading Places. That's what I used to do. Okay. And uh, after that, I traded bonds and stocks for major Wall Street firms throughout the 80s. And in the 90s, I decided I wanted to work with individual investors. And uh, I co-founded with my friend Dave Connolly Symmetry Partners in 1994. And uh, we uh, turned the firm from uh, Dave and myself and uh, no assets under management uh, till today, uh, to, uh, to this point. Uh, we have over 100 employees, over 70,000 clients that we work with through, let me see, about 3,000 financial advisors in all 50 states. And we manage somewhere in the neighborhood of $9.5 billion. Um, I'm a, a husband and a father. And uh, uh, pretty much what I enjoy doing is two things. Uh, in my own spare time, uh, I, I travel and I uh, like to play golf, but uh, uh, my passion is really uh, meeting with advisors around the country and trying to help them with their business model so that they can deliver a, a more outstanding experience to their clients. Well, I appreciate that. I think everybody can use all the help that they can get. So, well, from your experience now of, of 34 plus years, what do you think makes a successful advisor-client relationship? Well, at the risk of being flip, I would say to me it's quite simple. And uh, I think a lot of advisors uh, don't see this. Uh, they don't see the forest for the trees type of thing. Um, a great investment experience starts with great service. So there are, there are two components uh, to delivering this experience. One is the uh, emotional aspect and one is a technical aspect. The technical aspect is investing, uh, performance reporting, the nuts and bolts of why an investor goes to see a financial advisor. That's the technical aspect. And you certainly have to be proficient at that. You have to learn to leverage technology. Uh, but more important, I think 55 or 60 percent of the equation is uh, the emotional uh, transaction that an advisor has with a client. Is the client happy? Um, I, I use the analogy going to a restaurant. If there are two restaurants in your town, one has a three-star chef, outstanding food, uh, but the hospitality is terrible. Um, and the other restaurant is pretty good food, uh, but uh, they make you feel like the most important person in town when you walk in. Where are you going to spend most of your time? So uh, the same thing happens in a lot of businesses. Ours is no different. If you are client-centric, if you deliver an outstanding emotional experience to clients, if they believe that you have their best interests at heart, uh, you'll have a successful business. It's not much more difficult than that. Executing is, you know, where the rubber meets the road. But but that's the way advisors should be looking at their business. That sounds very reasonable. Why do you think that many fall short? 
I think they fall short because they get into this industry not because they're entrepreneurs. They get into this industry because they have an interest in investing or markets. They get into this industry because maybe at heart they're uh, deemed salespeople by someone else. So you should go into sales. Financial services is a, is a big area for sales. They might start in the insurance industry. They might start out as a, a typical, I'm going to use an old term here, a stockbroker, somebody who <laughs> sold financial products. That's might, that might be where they started, but they, they've never, they've been taught how to sell. And in some cases they've been taught how financial markets work, not in enough cases in my opinion, but in some cases they haven't been taught how to deliver an outstanding client experience, which entrepreneurs learn how to do very quickly. doesn't matter what they're selling, but in our industry, that is almost an afterthought and the best and most successful financial advisors that I've met. And I imagine that you've met George, uh, are entrepreneurs at heart and they, they know how to deliver a great experience to clients. I think that that makes sense. Um, a hundred percent. So and perhaps it's a matter of these are probably great salespeople and they're stressed to get out there and be maybe in more of a client acquisition mode just from the pure need to, to bring revenue in the door. And so the service part is an afterthought or it's just not part of their DNA as a salesperson and not an entrepreneur. So is, is just having good processes? Processes are vitally important to delivering a successful investment experience. I think before that, though, uh, you have to ask yourself, what's your passion? What do you enjoy doing? So I was a trader um, on Wall Street. Uh, I did institutional sales. My clients were pension plans and the like. I didn't find my passion till I started sitting down with individual investors, some of whom were of very modest means, some of whom were uh, high net worth. And it kind of hit me like a, like a ton of bricks. A lot of these folks, regardless of how educated or how intelligent they were, had no idea what to do with their money, had no idea really what a stock or a bond or a mutual fund was. They didn't know, and no one had taken the time to teach them. So when I found my passion, uh, it really was more of a teacher of, this is how my industry works, this is how markets work, you've never been taught this, and uh, once you understand how markets work, and once you understand uh, when you're being sold as opposed to when you're being advised, uh, I, I realized I had an awful lot to, to deliver to people and starting in 1994, uh, I think I became more of a teacher. I became someone who, uh, uh, explained to my prospective clients that my advice was where the value was, not necessarily the product, not the results of the uh, stock market or the bond market, but the knowledge I would give them that would help them become a successful investor. Got it. All right. I think that's that's obviously a, a career-changing moment when you realize that you are passionate about being able to sit down and have those impactful difference-making conversations with a person. And I imagine that's probably why you decided to, to structure Cemetery Partners the way that you have and provide great resources for advisors so they can do what they're passionate about. Um, so tell me about that 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 approach or or your thought process when it comes to retail investing. Well, retail investing, I think, is something that uh, uh, can be delivered in a variety of ways. So there's no one right way. So I can obviously discuss my path and, and our firm, but there's no one right way. I think the single most important component to a successful investment experience is patience. Um, there's lots of investment strategies worthy 
of your listeners' attention, be they advisors or investors, um, but they all have something in common. Uh, they are going to move in and out of favor over different market cycles, and they require patience. And most investors fail when they become impatient and change their investment philosophy or change their investment strategy. So uh, what we learned here uh, was uh, a strategy that was rooted in uh, indexing or passive investing back in the 19, late 1980s. And that has evolved over time so that we offer a combination of pure index investing, simply buying an index and holding it, uh, and factor investing, which is simply a rearranging of those indexes. It's very similar to indexing. And we are a buy and hold shop. We are a shop that uh, believes in broad, broad diversification. We don't try to uh, forecast where the market's going to go. We uh, focus our time and energy keeping costs low, uh, being tax efficient, and financial planning. I think it's, uh, uh, it's finally come to the forefront uh, in the last couple of years. Well, maybe the last five or six years, seven years. But financial planning used to be so an afterthought for a lot of advisors and, and many of them stayed away from it. And I think what we're finding out now is that the actual investing portion is being commoditized and uh, financial planning, what you do with your money in terms of what types of accounts do you open? Are they tax deferred accounts? Uh, planning for college, planning for retirement, planning for um, unforeseen events in your life. That's where the value is of a financial advisor. And uh, uh, that's what uh, the model that we've tried to build here. And then, by the way, we still have our own direct clients from when we first opened our doors. So we're not just an outsourced solution. We actually have a lab here where we manage uh, money for people that uh, enables us to bring the latest thinking to advisors um, in the form of uh, outsourced solutions, investments, marketing, technology, etc. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about how you think that technology is because I, I I totally agree with you that that financial planning is really going to be elevated in in the future more so than it ever has been as technology impacts I guess just investing but I just wanted to get your take on how you see that happening how is technology going to invest or going to impact traditional asset management oh it's huge um, technology is leveraged by our industry I'm sure is as as well uh, as it has by many other industries, meaning that uh, we sell nothing, we manufacture nothing, right? What what the financial services industry creates, if if they have their priorities straight, is it creates a great experience for people. Products are very inexpensive now. Fidelity came out with two index funds that have a zero expense ratio. Right. Um, companies like Vanguard and BlackRock have driven fee and Schwab have driven fees down to next to zero. So. Uh, uh, Technology has enabled us to do a couple of things. Number one, to deliver investments very cheaply and expensively. And at the end of the day, that's just good for consumers because money coming out of the investment experience is money coming out of consumers' pockets. So if you're going to deliver something to consumers, um, you want to use technology to deliver it across uh, a large number of clients. You have to be able to achieve scale uh, in our industry these days unless you have one of those models, and they're rare, where your clients are ultra high net worth and you only have 50 to 100 clients. That's a great model. It's just very difficult to pull off. Um, so most of us have to have uh, where in the past 100 clients would, would uh, be a nice business. Now you have to have 300 clients, 400 clients and more. Uh, as a financial advisor. So you have to leverage technology. Um, the first way to do that is inexpensive investments uh, provided by some of the uh, manufacturers like 
Vanguard, BlackRock, dimensional funds, et cetera, et cetera, exchange traded funds. All of these, all of these are, are excellent ways to deliver the investment experience. And the second way is uh, through financial planning software, through CRMs. A CRM, uh, for those on, in your audience who aren't aware, is simply a way to keep track of all of your clients' data in one spot right on an easy-to-access screen. And uh, advisors today have to be leveraging this financial planning data, have to be leveraging uh, a CRM, and have to be leveraging, I think, some type of marketing platform to get their word out. Uh, the, the way I found to do this most effectively is not to try and do it yourself. Um, technology is most easily accessible uh, and usable by young people. So we have a lot of young people. We have over 100 employees here at Symmetry. We have a lot of young people here. And uh, if you're a financial advisor out there uh, who is a sole proprietor or a small practice, interns. Interns are where you should be going to look uh, at your local college uh, to run these uh, processes and to run these technologies in your office so that you're delivering to your clients um, a very seamless, smooth, and very f- client-friendly or client-centric experience. Got it. Excellent. So as you think about the just the individual investor, the, the ordinary investor out there, from a big picture sort of a macro picture and then a micro picture, what do you think people should really be focused on and thinking about? Is it what the stock market's doing every day? Is it, is it costs? What, what are some of those things they should really be thinking about? Well, I think I'm going to throw you a curveball here, George. They, they shouldn't be thinking about those things. Costs, yeah, sure. You should know what you're spending. And, and you should always be very forthright in talking to a financial advisor or a prospective advisor, someone you're looking to hire, about exactly what is this going to cost me. So cost is very important. Have them lay it out in terms you're comfortable with that you understand. Where is money changing hands? Exactly how much am I paying you and for what? At the end of the day, and financial advisors take heed, Clients are happy to pay you. They're absolutely happy. They expect to pay you. What they want to perceive is value. So from, let's take it from the investor's perspective first. The investor has to find value in the relationship. If there's someone who just wants the absolute lowest cost relationship, they'll probably find that with a digital platform or working directly with a big provider like a Vanguard. And that's where they should go. And that represents 20 to 25% of investors out there. Of that 20 to 25%, maybe half of them are doing it right. And the other half are probably being penny wise and pound foolish. Um, uh, Doing it right means uh, no emotion, very hard where your own money is concerned. Staying the course when the market's moving against you, very hard. Rebalancing, very difficult to do, means selling high and buying low. Well, what does buying low mean? You're buying emerging markets right now, down 17% year to date or whatever it is. So uh, those things are difficult to do. And there's some percentage of the public that can do that. Uh, Investors after costs should be focusing on diversification. Diversification is a word that gets bandied about and overused in our business. And I even read, God help me, sometimes headlines is diversification dead. (laughs) No, it's not dead. It's never going to be dead. It never will be dead. The most important thing uh, investors can do is diversify their risk away as much as humanly possible so that when the market goes down 40 to 50%, which it does with alarming regularity, we're in the midst of a bull market that come July of 19 will be the longest in history. But typically, every three to five years, the market goes down 20% plus. 
So it's just part of capitalism. It's part of the way markets work. It's not fun, but it happens. You shouldn't be panicking. You shouldn't be reacting. You shouldn't be doing something. If you're properly diversified, you should be staying the course. The only time you should be changing your allocation is for financial planning reasons. Um, has something changed in your life? Did you get a raise? Did you get an inheritance? Did you lose your job? Has something bad happened where you're going to have to access your money? You should never change your allocation based on what the market's doing because no one can forecast accurately enough, consistently, consistently enough to make a change in, change in their asset allocation that will have any um, positive performance over time other than what is a coin flip. is The change you make is as likely to do good for your portfolio as it is to do bad for your portfolio. So find the allocation that works for you. Financial advisors are good at leading people to the right allocation. And really, all you should be concerned about is stocks to bonds to cash. That's it. And be diversified within those asset classes and hold. Rebalance every year or two and hold. Focus on financial planning. Uh, don't pay attention to uh, the mass media in terms of what markets are doing. They have a very short-term effect on markets. Don't pay attention to what politics are doing to markets. It's a short-term effect with the exception of tax policy. And uh, go live your life. Go live your life and enjoy yourself. Don't focus on what's happening on uh, financial television or uh, um, uh, some of these magazines that come out. Don't pay any attention to it. I love it. Well, Pat, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them, sir? Uh, difference-making tip. So I have two audiences uh, myself, and uh, that's the financial advisor out there um, and, and the investor. So I, talk, I get to talk to both. So my, my difference-making tip, let's start with the investor first, and I'll just reiterate. Uh, tune out the uh, mass media where financial markets are concerned. The media has a lot to offer you with advice on planning, going to college, uh, how to pay for it, uh, buying or leasing a car. Those are all things worth, worthy of your time. Pay no attention of buy, sell, or hold, what you should do now. If you screen out that noise, and that's an accurate term, if you screen out that noise, you'll have a much better investment experience over time. For financial advisors, stop focusing on markets yourself. Start focusing on delivering an excellent investment experience to your clients, which starts first and foremost with outstanding service. Make them happy. Give them a deliverable where they see value. Financial planning and advice is where they see value. Returns are driven by markets, not people. Teach them that markets go up and down, not to react in the short term, and you'll have a much more successful business going forward. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Pat, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, they can learn uh, more about us at symmetrypartners.com. Uh, they can also uh, tune into our podcast, Symmetry Delta Podcast, on uh, iTunes and any other uh, uh, providers. And uh, uh, they can talk to their local financial advisor if they have one already and uh, uh, ask them uh, about Symmetry Partners and our uh, approach to investing. And we're available uh, through uh, – uh, several hundred uh, registered investment advisors across the country that work for fees, and we're available through over 100 brokerage firms across the country where the advisors work for fees. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Pat your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Check out their website, check out their podcast, and ask your financial advisor if they are working with Symmetry. Thank you again, Pat.
Thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.